Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. It's the Final Word Daily, brought to you as ever by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. I'm joined today by The Telegraph's Will McPherson. I'm, as ever, Cameron Punsby of The Final Word. Will is going to summarise today, and I guess the series, in 30 seconds. England arrived on day four uh, in Ranchi with it all to do. They need to take 10 wickets for 152. They took five of them. At first, it looked like they might take none, but then they... they bang, bang, bang. Jice Wells, well taken by Anderson. Rohit was stumped and caught off the same ball. Out. Patadar oh, was out cheaply again. Sure. Uh, and then straight after lunch, Bashir found two more wickets, Jadeja and Safraz. It looked like England had a chance. India still needs 70-odd. But it wasn't to be. Drew Jarrell, what, what a young player he is, by the way. Um, and Shubman Gill, another good young player, saw India home with actually some, some ease in the end. But it, it was a tense final day. It was a tease of a day. We got here, Jaiswal and Rochelle were batting so beautifully yesterday, so beautifully this morning. And the sense was that, oh my God, after all the chat of this wicket, are India going to cruise home by 10 wickets? Al Medabad style of three years ago. But as it happened, a bit of tension in the afternoon because of Sherb Bashir. I think. The best place to start today is with Jarrell. He has been the star of a show which has had many superstars performing in it. You can look at Kuldi Biada's performance. You can look at Joe Root's century. You can look at Sherb Bashir's eight foot across the match. But I think realistically, Jarrell's 90 in the first match and then whatever it was he finished on not out today has guided India home from a position where it was squeaky. It was nervous. Absolutely. Both times he batted, it was, it was squeaky. Um, the Jarrell in the crown, I guess he is. But he he was he he is a beautiful little cricketer. Yep. He is an absolute gem. 
Um, Joe Root has been raving about him since playing with him at Rajasthan Royals, uh, and he didn't realise, I think what Root didn't realise is quite how good a keeper he is. He knew yeah. he was a really dynamic batter, but his keeping's seriously good as well. He saw that terrific take of Anderson yesterday. Um, Anderson's got a pair, by the way, which is uh, yeah, quite right. Everyone's going to talk about Ollie Pope's pair, but Jimmy Anderson got Jimmy a pair. Jimmy Anderson's well. got, yeah, more, had a bigger impact on the game, I thought, Anderson's yes, pair. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, Jarrell, just today, there was a load of tension in that situation. He came in with Bashir on a hat-trick, and um, he just milked singles in a way that Jadeja and Gill, before lunch, had been totally unable to. He made it, the circumstances look really, really different, and I thought it was a really special little knock actually we're in a, in a situation where if he goes first ball then it, or, you know early then Ashwin's in and there's not that much after Ashwin obviously Kuldeep can block but he's, he's not that dynamic and then two two number 11s at the bottom it, it, India were in just a moment of strife and 72 runs look quite a lot but he, he made it look very simple absolutely and the way England had kind of gone about their fields this afternoon was the classic kind of Shane Warne would have been delighted it was kind of lots of attacking fielders in and around the bat and then fielders out on the fence the thinking being if you bowl a good ball on this surface like you're not going to be able to milk one so you just have to protect the boundary and see what happens and so Jarrell in the face of that where 70 runs would in effect take 30 overs which is a long time especially getting into later on day four and how the wicket may change was like oh it's fine I'm just going to calmly get us, get myself, get India there. And what I really enjoyed at the end is you forget, because India wins so much out here and they're such a strong team, you forget that how much kind of emotional investment from their side goes into winning these fixtures. And I was on the other side of the ground when the winning moment happened. And it was massive fist bumps from Shubman Gill, who's out there, finished on around 60. Massive fist bumps from Rohit Sharma, turning around to the crowd, kind of giving it the big ones. And it's their incredible records continues. They'll go on another 20 million years before they potentially lose out here. From an English perspective, Ben Stokes has kind of reacted in the way we'd expect Ben Stokes to react. He talks about how great a test match it is. It's just a shame England have been on, come out on the wrong side. But it is ultimately the first time that Stokes and McCollum have lost during their baseball era. Do you think it's going to impact their philosophy in any way, shape or form? I don't think it will impact the philosophy. I do think it's possible that it signals a, a just a start of a little, a few um, changes to the team. Essentially, okay. this is this team has now done a shift of two years under Stokes and McCollum. It's been largely the same players. Obviously, in these conditions, you bring in a few new spinners, you bring in Bashir and Hartley, those kind of players. But largely, it's been the same set of uh, batsmen since they started out in Pakistan. Um, you know, when Duckett came back, that they yep. kind of settled on their their group of seven batters and plus folks comes in in these conditions. Harry Brooks obviously not around at the moment. But I wonder whether we might just start to see some tweaks to that. The next big challenge for England, I don't want to look at it in too much of an English ashes lens, but is, is you know, 20, 25, the, the year 2025 is enormous for England. India are coming at home. Oh my and, God. Yeah, and then they're going for an ashes after that. They are two enormous, epic five test series. Um, and I, I just, I, I think England might use some of the remainder of this year where the challenges aren't as great and they aren't as new. You know, they're playing Sri Lanka and West Indies at home. You would expect them to win six tests actually in the summer. They, you should, they should win yeah, all six, sure. genuinely. Um, and then they go to Pakistan and New Zealand, which is the place they went in the first winter of basketball. So they're not new challenges. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just wonder whether they might start to adapt for players who are in the squad. Would, do you think that ad- adaptation happens in two months when England are back at home or do you think that happens in 
two days when they're moved, uh, thinking about going to Darmashala. I think it'll, they'll treat Darmashala like a, uh, a test match they need to win and they'll play what they consider to be their best t- team of, the, of those on tour. I don't think there'll be massive changes for that. They also just don't have much wiggle room in this squad. They've got three spare players. I mean, Paul Collingwood and Marcus Truscoffic have been milling around in the whites this week, uh, c- carrying drinks, which is great. I mean, Collie could still do a job in the field. I'm not sure I'd back Trez, but um, maybe in that, fit, 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 uh, that position on his knees that uh, Pope uh, oh employed today. But yeah, I, 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 they haven't got that much space in the, you know, in their, in their roster, if you like. So I don't think there'll be too much change next week. On the front that Truscoffic and Collingwood have had their whites on, this week because of how low England are on the ground. I thought they were taking the piss when it turned out that Jason Patel couldn't do it because he wasn't English. And Jason Patel said that to me in an interview and I went, ha ha ha, wasn't that funny? Not qualified. And then, and then as soon as I found out it was actually a kind of ICC regulation, you have to be English or qualified for England to be able to run the drinks in white. Remarkable. Someone who is qualified for England and is potentially going to be playing for a very, very long time is Sherbyshire, who finished this match with eight wickets, five from the first innings, three in the second. He bowled about 70 overs, which... When you think he came into this series having bowled 200 first-class overs in total is a remarkable feat for, for anyone, less known someone of his inexperience. We can talk about what England kind of will think and how he played today because it was his two and two balls which really made it look like England had a chance in this fixture. What England going to do about their spinning situation moving forward? Because these guys aren't necessarily going to play. If Jack Leach is fit, Sherbyshire will still be behind him for Somerset. And Tom Hartley has Nathan Lyon in front of him in the pecking order at Lancashire. Yeah, and Lancashire actually picked a lad called Jack Morley a couple of times ahead of Tom Hartley last <laughs> year. Like, if it, I think their rating of Hartley, the Red Bull cricketer, is really quite different from England. Um, and it's worth saying that England have a damn good job picking these lads. Yeah off the back of very little county cricket and a system that ultimately is working against young spinners. England have sort of, I mean, I wrote a piece about it the other day, but it is like, it's like the reverse of modern selection where statistics are everything. They've used complete, the eye, they've just gone I'm on the eye test I'm entirely. I'm so you said this, yeah. And I, I, like, I, I talked to some people near that selection panel and I'm actually told that the whole release point thing is completely overplayed as well. They, they, happened, okay. they happened to be tall, yeah. but they still thought they were the best two spinners. You know, like Callum Parkinson was on that Lions tour and he was in contention. He was in genuine contention sure. for this tour, but he's no taller than you or I. And we're not big lads, as those watching on YouTube yeah, can see. Um, grip and rip. So, yeah, uh, it, it was a bonus that they were tall. But, but Rob T did say pu- publicly the, the release point thing. That yeah, he, was said a it, he said it once. But was it? Yeah, in that press conference, I look, I look oh, back and said, said it once. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I used it a lot and I, I've over, possibly overplayed it as well, but he said it once and I, I think it's been slightly overplayed. Because I think it was when Ben Stokes spoke about Sherb Bashir, as you said, this is a. I feel like this Stokes and McCollum are just two people with such, such kind of cricket innate feel for the game, basically. And I think that partly plays into their distrust of a DRS at times. You're like, well, that doesn't feel right. It felt high and I'm 99 times out of 100 correct in my gut feel. Then with Bashir, having had all this stuff about this is the modern age where we trust numbers and data and Loughborough, it went back to the fact he was like, I saw it on WhatsApp and I went, yeah. it looks like And he player. literally saw the way the ball left Bashir's hand yeah. and liked what he saw. And then you watch Bashir in a test match and you watch the ball leave his hand and I like what I see. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it adds up. It, it actually, like Bashir is a good bowler and he's shown here that he's ready for test cricket. There's obviously a lot of noise about Liam Dawson particularly, but you hear a bit about Will Jacks, who's obviously a very dynamic batter, but not 
I, I don't think he's a terribly polished spinner. Um, and I think he would have really struggled in these conditions. Dawson, who knows? But I think he would have been done damn well to do better than Hartley or Bashir. Back to today's action. So India raced along. They were around 80 for none. They were going at fives. I think it was 84 for none after 19 overs. Then Jaiswal got out. Joe Root came back into the attack, which I'm going to be honest, I love Joe Root's bowling probably more than anyone else in the world. But whenever he's bowling and having to get out of very good players, I go, oh, this is why England are going to lose because yeah. he's not Jadeja. But it was just an end swapping over. And he yeah. picked up Jaiswal, which is like, the biggest wing. It, we've been talking a little bit about it in the in the press box this week, and like we've actually started comparing Jaiswal to Steve Smith in the Ashes, all those Ashes Brilliant. series, 17, 18, 2019. You don't actually think Australia can lose a game until Steve Smith's out, and it's been the same with Jaiswal here. You're like, no, yeah, well, well he's in. You know, the other day when he had 70, but wickets were falling around him. You're like, oh, it's fine though because Jaiswal's still there. He's got, he's he's not nailed on for 150 red, but. It wasn't to be in this game. And you could see how important a wicket he was by Rohit Sharma's reaction. The camera panned to him afterwards and he was spewing about it. He knew that he had kind of opened the door for England. And the breaks on the match just got just got hit very dramatically. India didn't get another boundary off the bat for 30 overs. It went from a match which was potentially going to finish in the first session to potentially going to reach the end of the second session. We then had, I'm trying to remember the, the kind of wickets two and three in my head. But, but, well, Rohit advanced and outside edge to folks who then took the bails yes. off so no one actually I don't think people actually realised he was caught no, but he was stumped all. as well it's great dismiss- I love those dismissals we nearly had one with Stokes yesterday where he they would have appealed for LBW I think it would have pitched outside leg but it also bowled him but I, yeah. you know an LBW and bowled or a caught and stumped just great dismissal the Ben Stokes LBW bowled was a good moment in the context of the DRS drama that had happened the ball tracking shows was going on to hit it rolls back onto the stumps um, the third week look the point of the match where it became possible that England actually thought they might win was the double strike from Sher Bashir. First things first, he gets <laughs> Ravindra Jadeja with a full toss. His first pie of the day. Like Bashir bowled so accurately and then he comes out after lunch, his first ball, plops one up and, and uh, Jadeja just inexplicably just sent it to mid-wicket. I think it was because Jadeja had been so much of the mindset that get through this period, get the ball softer or whatever, that he was playing for something other than the runs that were in front of him. He was on three off around 28. And he probably, as you said, had his first very bad ball to put away and kind of out, was taken out of his mindset, out of his little bubble and chipped it to mid-wicket. Then we had Patadar, um, who him and Mukesh Kumar, my two favourite Indian players of all time. I love them both very dearly, but Patadar's had, had, a, had a bad series. It's not great. Um, he went for a duck, caught around the corner by Ollie Pope. And then... It was the case at Safra's card. Have I got this in the right order? You got it in the wrong order. But Patadar went before lunch and then Jadeja and uh, Safra's went bang, bang after lunch. But both Patadar, I can see why you're confused because both Patadar and Safra's yeah. were caught well at short leg by Ollie Pope. Yeah, um, I'm just a bit concerned about my short-term memory, to be honest, given I was right here watching it. But when Safra's car turned on around the corner, England was so confident in their appeal, which I was surprised at how confident they were given the faintness of the edge. Everyone celebrated... And kind of when they discovered that it was being given not out on the field, Ben Stokes didn't even take anyone's opinion. He kind of told everyone to calm down. We'll send it upstairs. It was that point when kind of Stridman Gill and Jarrell took control of the match. Calm. The only slight chance I can remember was when Jarrell went for a big shot to take Hartley over the top. And it just spanned just short yeah. of um, Bashir yeah, at backward, backward point. point. Yeah. But aside from that, it was... Um, <laughs> 
it was a bit of um, the, the, I've been thinking of this as the Game of Thrones series of cricket in terms of such entertainment, incredible, everyone's invested, everyone's amazed by it. And then the finale I found slightly disappointing because England kind of threw it away yesterday and then it reminded me of that to, again today when Jarrell and Gill, basically I wanted entertainment, I wanted it to be one wicket to win with 10 runs to go, whatever. It wasn't to be. I'm sure we're going to be in for more entertainment next week. We're going to move on to the final word, Hall of Fame. There's going to be some very slickly edited copy inserted right here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Time for the final word, Hall of Fame. As ever, brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. Have you left booking your summer getaway to the last minute? Not sure if you can stretch it to, to it given the current economic climate or just sick of, to quote Jeff Thompson, getting fucking drowned out here. Heading to Tuya at Westfield Stratford City for the end of February to take advantage of some amazing holiday deals. Going to the travel agent might feel like a quaint throwback, but there's something to be said for asking someone else to do all the legwork for you so you can just relax and enjoy your precious time off. They've got a bunch of offers on a variety of packages and destinations, including up to £250 off, deposits from £60 per person, and more free kids' places than ever before. Terms and conditions apply, but get into TUI and get the hell out of this soggy English weather, like me and Will have. Uh, Authors note, I'm writing this as it pisses down outside. The weather might be different when you read it, but the point still stands. English weather sucks. That's why we're going to Dharmashala in one week where it's about minus 17 degrees. Perfect. Right. Thank you very much, Will. We're moving on to the Hall of Fame. Bosh. I'm going to start with my Hall of Fame. I'm going to go with the yet more umpiring potentially controversy. Tom Hartley's uh, LBW appeal against Jaiswal. It was a further potential argument... I don't know if I even agree with what I'm about to say for specialist third umpires because Joel Wilson, for the second time in the match, it looked as if it was bat onto pad and he's given it as an inside edge. It probably wasn't going to be out LBW anyway because Jaiswal um, was so far down the wicket. But let's group this together as, as one big final word, Hall of Fame. Do you think there's a need for specialist third umpires? My personal opinion is I completely understand the argument, but I don't understand why if we can sit on the sidelines of some people who have never done it and go that's been bat on pad whether it was or wasn't you need to then be trained up specially to do so yeah I, I I kind of agree with you that second point what I would just say about the umpiring in this game and the umpiring in this series is that must have been a genuine nightmare Absolutely. to umpire a game on I mean imagine that game I I, I look at, there was quite a lot of noise about umpire's call in this series, obviously, and I look at some of Bashir's wickets in the first innings here, obviously got five. I, I think at least three of them were umpire's calls, yep. but they all looked 
absolutely dead to me and I thought the umpire was bang on to give them like, I would never have like never questioned that decision just such hard work um, Joel Wilson yeah I, I agree he does seem to have a little problem Joe Root got away with one I don't think Jaiswa would have been out today but no, I don't I, think he was a good review anyway but I don't agree. think England should have lost for a review for the inside edge I think they should have lost for a review because it was missing or pitching outside or whatever correct um, but yeah he does seem to have a little bit of problem identifying whether bat is hitting pad or bit hitting ball um but yeah not brilliant <laughs> it's not ideal but um yeah look I, it also has been a series where um I, I joked before the tour that it was the crime war tour um yeah and we like it, there's been loads of crying on both sides there's been too much talk about drs which is largely highly effective so nearly Correct. really good probably the best um adjudication system in in, in a team sport yeah. Um, so yeah, I just don't have too many complaints. I know that's probably really boring, but no, you're right in that. I remember seeing someone on um, Twitter talking about this in that cricket accidentally. I think it was Peter Miller actually accidentally fell upon like the best decision review session of all of sport. I know that baseball and John Boy Media looks say think that we've actually got a very good one. Um, and I also resent the fact we keep on talking about it and then caught myself every time I speak to Ben Stokes, I ask him about it. And I was <laughs> like, so maybe maybe I'm the problem. Whatever, India. They've won the series 3-1. Of course, they've won the famous IDFC First Bank Trophy, which will mean a lot to them. We're going to be back for Dharmashala. Me and Vish should be with you tomorrow for the wash-up episode to talk a little bit more about throwing forward to what's going to happen next week. But until then, thank you very much for being... Thank you very much, Will, for being here. Thank you very much, me, for being here. We'll catch you again shortly. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go.